Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. Good morning, everybody. Good to be together on this scorcher of a day. So we, uh, we started a series, All Things New, last week, and we'll continue that series. And last week I spoke about a new heart for God, uh, and this week I want to speak about a new heart for ministry. But it's really my privilege to be able to welcome our NBL One ladies head coach, Marty Zeller. Marty, why don't you stand up, please? Spent uh, the night at our home and really a a privilege to be able to spend time together. And we solved all the basketball world's problems. And um, clearly with all instruction coming from me. (laughs) But really a privilege to have you here, sir. Um, And... uh, Obviously, on the left of Marty there is, is our, our men's coach, Mike Millat. You know him well. So we've got two good-looking men as our coaches. What a blessing. And they both love the Lord dearly. It's very interesting with reference to uh, a new heart for ministry that uh, there's a big difference with what took place 2,000 years ago with the early church and what takes place today. Um, What happened 2,000 years ago with the early church where they met house to house and what happens uh, how we we do Christianity today, there is a a difference between the two. And the question we need to ask ourselves is, why is there such a big difference? And why are we not doing the stuff and the things that they did 2,000 years ago? uh, And why was it good enough then and not good enough for us now? I remember... um, when I was a student uh, and my first year at Bible College, um, we, we were there and, and uh, the first week, you know, sort of after the first week, you know, everything. Um, but the, the professor stood up and, and he said, and now that you're Christians, where are you going? And all of us, well, it's quite obvious we're going to heaven. And he said, no, 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 no. You need to be going into all the world. You need to be going into all the world. I found that very interesting because what was he talking about? How do we go into all the world and make disciples of all nations uh, when we know that we're going to heaven? In fact, we're really grateful for God saving us and us experiencing His grace and His mercy. But he began to to explain to us uh, where we should be going because... We have been blessed by being born from above and having a new heart for God. But what does that mean? What does that mean? And I want to focus on a new heart for ministry. And the passage I want to look at is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. And I've taken the liberty to put all those words up, uh, the important words in that verse, to try and make sense of what we're talking about here. So we read that each of you should use whatever gift 
you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So the first word, the gift, is the Greek word charisma, uh, where it means you've got God's divine gratuity, God's divine favor that qualifies you to do things for God. It's given by God. It's a uniquely Christian word from a divine point of view. He has blessed us. He has given us His mercy. He has given us His grace. Mercy, God withholding what we deserve. Grace, God giving us what we don't deserve. And so He's given us this gift. Uh, and it, that's what we talk about when, when we try and understand John chapter 3, verse 3, that we are born from above. You know, you read it, born again. Well, the actual direct translation is born from above. There is this divine experience, and if you've never had it, you can't understand it. But you've been blessed by God, and you're born from above. You have this divine favor of God. You have that gift that you've received. That word lamvano, received, it's been offered to you. And when it's been offered to you, you take it and you seize it, and it's yours. Now, I don't want to get into a, a long debate whether does God knock on your heart's door, or do you respond to God, or is it because of your initiative? One thing I do know is when God came and touched my heart, I responded to Him. And I want to say from my perspective, and there are different views on this, is that God came and knocked on my heart's door. And by His mercy and grace, I was able to respond. It's not because I'm such a nice guy that I'm going, you know what, God needs me. When He takes a day off on the Sabbath, He puts me in charge. Clearly not. Clearly not. But when He came and knocked on my heart's door, the only thing I could do was respond to Him. And I took on His grace, His mercy. I received it. I seized it. It was offered to me. And it's the best thing that's ever happened to me, by far. I've received this gift. To do what? Well, to serve. To serve. And that word serve, diakonia, where we get the English word deacon, that office in the church. Uh, and essentially it's to wait upon. In this particular uh, sense, it's not the office in the church, but it's the verb that actually says we are servants of God and like a waiter or waitress who comes and waits upon us at a restaurant and kind of, you know, before you finish your meal, can I, is there every, everything okay? Uh, they try and take your plate away before you finish. They, they wait upon you. They serve you. Is there anything I can do for you? And so that's how we should be. We, we should be waiting upon people. Uh, we, we should be ministering to people. Because we've received this mercy, we've received this grace, and we want to share it. We've been blessed. The word blessing means added to. And we've been blessed to be a blessing. As what? As faithful stewards. Faithful there, pistos, trustworthy. Uh, true, genuine people. Not kind of one day we are fake and the next day we're genuine. No, we strive to do our very best as faithful servants. Jesus spoke a parable and he said, um, you know, one day when you see the master, you want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Faithful to be true to what your calling is. True to what your calling is. And servant or, or steward there. Uh, faithful stewards. The, the word steward there is the Greek word ekonomos, 
uh, where we get the English word economy, economy, where, where uh, you're a manager, you're an overseer, you're the treasurer of God's grace and God's mercy in your life. You are to make your grace and mercy economically viable in the kingdom of God. As faithful stewards of His grace. Again, that word grace, His favor, uh, His pleasure, that gift that He gave us that we don't deserve. It's interesting to note that uh, that word gift, uh, the first word there, and the word grace there, have the same root word. In fact, I've added the word joy there because that's another root word for grace and gift, and that means joy. It doesn't mean happiness, it means joy. So when His grace and mercy is experienced by us, it brings about joy. Why? Because it's the joy of the Lord that empowers us, that strengthens us to be able to serve. Now let me try and sum up this verse by giving you this illustration. If I were to have $1,000 and I put it on a fixed deposit in January and get 5%, no way, but anyway, 5%, you can get 5%? Yes. If you're a senior, you can get 5%. No. Um, <laughs> if you're, if you, yeah. So you get 5% for the purpose of this illustration. $1,000, 5%, how much will you have at the end of that year? Hopeless amounts. I wish. 50 bucks. Because 5% of 1,000 is $50. That's been a good and faithful investment. Yeah? Well, I better do another one. You know what I'm saying? Your 5% has been a good and faithful investment because it has accomplished what you put it in that account to do. Whatever gift or grace has been given to you, put a monetary value on it for the sake of this illustration and make sure that it's a good and faithful investment that God has made in your life. So one day you will hear, well done my good and faithful servant because the gift, the grace, the mercy that I've given you, you've used it wisely in the kingdom of God. You've used it wisely in the kingdom of God. Last week we heard about having a new heart for God. And that's our first priority, to seek God, uh, you know, to, to pray, to read His Word, uh, to do whatever He calls us to do. But what happens after that? What happens after that? Well, clearly, He, he calls us to follow Him. To follow Him where? Back home? No, into all the world, to go and make disciples of all nations. When Jesus said, follow me, He never went only into the synagogue, but He went into all the world to serve those he came into contact with. In fact, that's the mission of the church, if you look at it in Luke chapter 4, to go and make disciples, to go and heal the sick, to open the eyes of the blind. And you and I are the conduits that are able to do that as we come into contact with those we know. And I really believe that every single person sitting here today has a contribution to make in the kingdom of God. By virtue that you're a Christian, by virtue that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we, we have a contribution to make in the kingdom of God. Why? Because that's what God has called us to do. We have been blessed, we have been added to, to be a blessing, to go and, and serve those 
that God leads us to. Now, folk, we are called a spiritual community. Here at Lakeside, we're a spiritual community, and that means we act in the area of the spirit. We are a spiritual community that lives the gifts and grace that God has given us in a spiritual manner. And so we have spiritual gifts. And God gives us the power to be able to live out those spiritual gifts as we come into contact with one another. And because we have those spiritual gifts, we sow them into the kingdom of God. And as we sow them into the kingdom of God, God adds His blessing. God adds His blessing. And folk, we, you and I, are merely the instruments. And what a privilege it is to be an instrument in the kingdom of God to be used by Him. You sit here this morning and say, well, how can God use me? You know, I don't have many gifts and talents. Well, hopefully uh, in a few minutes you'll be able to, to know uh, wh which way we're going. Two points. The first one is that we all have gifts. We all have gifts. And that's quite clear. That every uh, believer in the Lord Jesus Christ has been gifted for service. And we read about that in 1 Peter 4.10, as I said, that each of us has received a grace. And I'm going to uh, try and help you to discover your grace. Uh, maybe not this morning, but to, to get onto that journey to discover your grace, your gift, that that God has bestowed upon you so you can use it for His honor and for His glory. And what are we gifted for? Well, we're gifted for service. We're gifted to go and be a blessing to those we come into contact with. And I think it's, it's important that we, we become responsible and discover our gift in the kingdom of God. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, we read, Now to each of you the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now that word manifestation, phanerosis, in Greek, a phanari is a torch. God has, has revealed to you, He's put a light on it, what you have been gifted and graced with. It's, he, he wants you to exhibit what He has given you. What He has given you to express God in. If He has given me a certain gift, that's the way I'm able to express who God is in my life. Through that grace. Through that mercy. For what purpose? For the common good. Uh, and the word uh, good there is an interesting word because it says that you're able to collect this and you're able to give it out. You're able to collect it, profit from it, and you're able to give it out because it's an advantage to you in the kingdom of God. It's not a burden. Oh, I've been gifted with this particular um, gift and grace. It's a burden to me. I wish I never had it. Well, if you, never, if you wish you never had it, then you probably never had it. And maybe you're misunderstanding what that grace is. And so He has blessed us so we can use these gifts. And I think it's important that we discover these gifts and who we are so we can take advantage of them, so we can give that advantage to somebody else, so we can allow them to experience and uh, express who God is uh, as He uses us in the kingdom of God. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 to 8, Paul writes again, and he says, we have different gifts. And the word different there, the aphoros, uh, means we're varying, we're diverse. In fact, uh, that word means they are more excellent. The are, right through the middle, 
uh, to, and, and to benefit. It's, it's kind of the greatest benefit. Not just a normal little benefit, second-hand benefit, third-hand benefit. No, it's the greatest benefit, and we take advantage of that so we can use it to express who God is in the kingdom of God. And he carries on and lists a whole lot of gifts there in Romans chapter 12. And he says that we should do this cheerfully. Well, if our ministry depends on our spiritual gifts, then I think it's crucial that we discover what that is. Now, I just want to clarify the difference between a talent and a spiritual gift. Some people have been given talents, some uh, in different areas. Some are very artistic, some are very musical, some can teach, and, and Paul uh, lists a lot of those, and we'll see them shortly. But there's a difference between those gifts and those talents. A talent could be something that God has given you. Artistic talent, a musical talent, uh, a singing talent. But only when you put it into that spiritual realm does it become a gift. Okay? So you could have a great teacher that can go and uh, empower children or adults with knowledge. They do it exceptionally well. But only in the spiritual realm does it actually make an impact in the kingdom of God. So a, a teacher that is not a Christian can be a great teacher. But in the kingdom of God, they are, I'll say this carefully, are not the greatest impact person because they're not doing it in the kingdom of God. So you get, for example, um, a great basketballer. They can give God the glory for their talent, but their ability in the spiritual realm can impact people in the kingdom of God. They can stand up and say, God has blessed me with this. I want to give God the glory for it. And so there are natural talents and there are spiritual talents. There are natural abilities and there are spiritual abilities. And we begin to discover what our spiritual ability is in the kingdom of God by God's grace. Some people have an excellent voice for singing. And they might be able to sing you and say, wow, that's really nice. That's good. Sounds good. And other people might not have a great voice. But when they sing Amazing Grace, for example, it cuts you so deep in your heart that you're moved by it and it brings you to tears. It's a spiritual experience. Do you see the difference between a gift and a talent? And in the kingdom of God, we use whatever God has given us and we discover what God has given us for His honor and for His glory. There's a list of those spiritual gifts there. Um, and there are four different columns. And there they are there. Uh, in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and in 1 Peter 4. And folk, they are certainly not an exhaustive list, but they are... Uh, lists that we have that we can discover what our gifts are in the spiritual realm. And we use those to glorify God. Obviously, there's not enough time to, to go through each of them. But if you, if you see every single one of those gifts, listen nicely. Every single one of those gifts are used for others. For others. Every single one except for the one in, in speaking in tongues. 
That's for self-edification. The rest are all for others. And what is the purpose of them? Well, again, blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. We have been graced by these gifts in order to add value to others. For what purpose? For the glorification of the kingdom of God. Now, what does glorification mean? Well, to make the name of Jesus famous. To make the name of Jesus famous. And we have these gifts to be able to use them to make the name of Jesus famous. So for the, uh, for the building up of the kingdom of God, but for the glorification of the name of Jesus. And so God has blessed us with all these different gifts. And there's several lists there. Um, and folks, so uh, we can, uh, and I've got two faces there. Uh, and the reason I put those faces up, because a lot of us have uh, some of these gifts. But the way we use them might be different in the kingdom of God. And so, like all of us have, uh, well, all things being equal, all of us uh, have a nose, uh, two lips, we've got ears, two eyes, two fat cheeks, um, uh, some of us, uh, a chin, uh, some have got hair, um, you know, and, and every face is different. But we all have some common gifts, common graces, but the way we use them is different. We even have identical twins, but even they have subtle differences. And so whatever gift we've received, we use it in the kingdom of God uh, in a variety of ways for God's honor and glory. It's like an orchestra. Uh, you know, when somebody comes up and, and, and clanks away at this and, and clunks away at that and and, and makes a little bit of noise in the background. It doesn't sound so good. But as soon as it's brought together in the band and they all play their part, it sounds really good. On its own, it's okay. But as it's all together, it sounds really, really good. And the church is the place where we can begin to serve one another. For example... If you have the gift of encouragement and somebody comes uh, on a Sunday and you see that they're feeling a little bit down, you can give them some encouragement. Now, what does encouragement mean? Parakaleo, to come alongside that person, to put your shoulder, as it were, under their armpit, to lift them up and to breathe fresh heart into them, to encourage them, to say, it's okay, you know, and, and to walk the road a little bit with them. Sometimes we've had a really bad week and we're frustrated, somebody can come alongside us and show us a little bit of mercy and motivate us along the path. Sometimes I, I, I've got a decision to make and I've searched the scriptures and I'm just not 100% there. And I need a gift of wisdom. As I go and spend time with somebody, they might say something and God might use them uh, and speak words of wisdom to me. Because that's how God operates. And you know when you've heard that, you know that you know that you know they come straight from God. Because God has used somebody to exhibit who God is and what He's saying in our lives. And so we all need one another, like this orchestra that uh, plays beautifully together. Secondly, we must grow these gifts in a smaller context or group. We must grow these gifts in a smaller context or group. 
And folk, there, there's this um, great theologian, Ralph Niebuhr, uh, he said that we begin to do it uh, in, in the form of a celebration. That's what we do on a Sunday morning. We come and we celebrate who God is. We sing praises. We adore Him. Uh, we see one another. We encourage one another. But then also during the week, there's got to be that small group of or what Ralph Niebuhr calls the cell. So there's the celebration, but also the cell. And what we call life groups in this church. So we gather together in these, in a smaller context, in a life group or in a cell, to, to be able to, to empower one another and to be able to begin to use our gifts for His honor and for His glory. So, for example, the early church met in the temple, but they also met from house to house during the week. We read Acts 2.46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Again, in Acts chapter 20, verse 20, we read, You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. That word, or those words from house to house, means from family to family. I came and I shared the good news with you. Although we gather together to, to sing praises to God, although we come and, and make a joyful noise to the Lord, but it's in those life groups, those small groups, the smaller nurturing context where we're able to add value to one another and mobilize in ministry. And folk, I say that because in that small group, I can begin to put the grace that I've been given to me into practice. So if I've been given a certain gift, others will begin to see that gift in me. So I don't stand up and say, I'm this and I'm that and the next thing. No, others begin to see the gift in me as I begin to put it into practice. And it's probably easier in a smaller context called the small group or the life group. Now, in a couple of weeks, we'll be launching life groups here at our church. And we'll be uh, having tables there. And you'll be able to, if you're not already in one, you'll be able to join one. And in that smaller context, you're able to actually discover what your gift is and put it into practice in a smaller context. If I were to say to you, folk, today we're all going to share five minutes, every single one of us, five minutes of what God is doing. We'll be here all week. But if we're able to go into the small group where there might be 10 or 12 people and we're able to share five minutes each, it's way better. Some people don't feel as threatened to be able to share what they are experiencing, to be able to, to begin to put their gift into practice. And, and you know, uh, Paul said to Timothy, fan into flame that gift that has been given to you. In other words, it's, it's the spark is there, but fan it into flame so you become hot in the kingdom of God. You make an impact in the kingdom of God. And so, same context there, that we begin to discover our spiritual gift and begin to see how we can put it into practice. And as we begin to put it into practice, so it will grow, or you discover that I'm not gifted in that area. I'm not gifted in that area. For example, I remember teaching, um, I headed up the Christian education uh, section in, in the, the seminary in South Africa, and... Uh, I would take students to go and do practical. And so we'd go into a school context and they would be able to teach Sunday school or, or religious education to kids there. 
for my sins, one of the students didn't pitch up. And so I had to fill that gap. It was like, you know, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. Because here I am to teach little kids. And I discovered I'm not a Sunday school teacher. And so those of you who are Sunday school teachers, I take my crown off and put it at your feet. Uh, we admire you, we adore you, wherever you are in this church, we, we, we thank God for you because you'll have a special place at the feet of Jesus if you're a Sunday school teacher. For me, it's not for me. For me, it's like, temp, you know, murder. Uh, no, temptation. No, it's, it's kind of going, no, this, I discovered that that's what I'm not. That's what I'm not. And folks, that's often how it is. And there are many people in our lives that have been models for us. And we go, well, I want and I desire what that person has. And so if we begin to develop that, and I had a mentor uh, in South Africa and he is in Australia now, and I called him yesterday and I was able to thank him because he started off something within me. He started off something within me and he, he began you know, to, to see potentially me and invested his time and effort into me. And I, I, was, I had the blessing of being able to thank him yesterday. And so it starts off like that. Ah, oh, I have this desire. And folk, I really believe that if you have God's grace or that gift and that passion, you will be unstoppable in the kingdom of God. That gift, that grace, that divine grace that comes from him and you have that passion that he has given you to put that into practice, you'll be unstoppable in the kingdom of God. For what purpose? For his honor and glory. And so we're able to put that uh, into practice in uh, the local small group. And so as we put that into practice, we become confident, we become a little bit more comfortable, and God gives us more and more opportunities to be able to do that. And others will begin to confirm what we already are. Let me say that again. Others will be able to confirm what we already are. We've been given this gift and others will be able to say, we see that gift in you. We want to encourage you to put it into practice in the kingdom of God. And there are many opportunities, many opportunities where we can show mercy, where we can show grace to others, where we can encourage, where, where we can uh, build other people up for His honor and for His glory. And so we do that. And so uh, in conclusion, let me say this, that small groups are a place to start off and put some of those gifts into practice. I have uh, made a hundred copies of this spiritual gifts survey. Uh, it looks like that. Uh, you'll be able to pick them up at the, the info desk. There are 80 questions uh, that you answer, um, rate them from one to five, and then you, you plot them out on your, your scoring survey, and there's a, a graph, and it will help you to understand what your gifts are. And, and I, I'd like to be bold enough to, and to say that it probably won't be anything new that you will discover. It will just affirm what you thought in your own heart and mind as well. And so uh, there's a hundred copies and I'm happy to make more uh, if we need to make more. But there they are for you to use in the kingdom of God. And then I really believe that the reason for the filling 
is the overflow. The reason for the filling is the overflow. And, and as we begin to, to use what God has given us in the kingdom of God, um, it will be in a different shape, in a different size, but God will empower you to use what He has given you for His honor and for His glory. And friends, what you share, you keep. But what you keep, you lose. Let me say that again. What you share, in other words, God's grace and mercy in your life, what you share, you actually keep. But what you keep for yourself, you eventually lose in the kingdom of God. There was a great violinist, Niccolò Paganini. He willed his marvelous violin to Genoa, the city of his birth, but only on condition that he never, play, never be played upon by anyone. It was an unfortunate condition because the peculiarity of the wood that uh, he used, as long as it was used and handled, it showed very little wear and tear. But as soon as it was, as soon as it was discarded and not used anymore, it began to decay. Exquisite mellow-toned violin had become uh, worm-eaten in its beautiful case, valueless except as a relic. The mouldering instrument is a reminder that a life withdrawn from all service to others loses its meaning. Whatever grace you have been given and been blessed with, whatever mercy God has given you, whatever He has added to your life, I pray that you will begin to discover it and you will begin to put it into practice in the kingdom of God for His honor for His fame, and to make the name of Jesus famous in the kingdom of God, wherever He has placed you. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for Your grace. We thank You for Your mercy. Thank You, Lord, that while we were sinners, You died for us. Lord, we want to honor You and, and thank You for Your mercy, for Your grace, for Your love, Lord that we don't deserve. Now, Lord, that we've discovered it, we pray that you will use us in the kingdom of God for your honor and for your glory. Help us, Lord, for some to begin this journey, for others, Lord, to go deeper and press into the things that you have for us in 2024. Help us to do this well, Lord, to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant in the kingdom of God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we sing our final song,